Well, hello, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Debrief, our podcast that we do as a race report as part of the EKN Trackside Live coverage. This is episode number 100, uh, make, making it to the century mark. Uh, it is Wednesday, September the 7th, 2022, and the event that we'll be diving into today is the 2022 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix, the bucket list event in Rock Island, Illinois. David Cole, of course, with their trackside throughout the weekend. He'll be doing the heavy lifting here today. As he was trackside, I was not. I'll just kind of quarterback things a little bit here. But as we dive into this edition of the debrief, uh, we'll to let you know that this show is being presented by Comet Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding parts to their product line. Make sure to head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. All right, David Cole, you were back at the Labor Day Classic, the Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix, the event being held September 3rd and 4th this past weekend. Rock Island, as we said, part of the Quad Cities that uh, lines the Mississippi River between Iowa and Illinois. The 27th edition of this amazing event, the first races between 1994 and 1996, a little year off and back from 1998 all the way through to 2019. And of course, the 2020 shutdown due to COVID back for 2021. And here you are for 2022. How was it? Let's 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 start with weather, then let's dive into the by the numbers. Well, you know, we I kind of teased it. I knew it was going to rain, and it did. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you know, we had we had less than ten percent chance of rain come what Wednesday, Wednesday prior to the event. Yep. And sure enough, Saturday evening, as we're trying to wrap up the heat races, uh, a thunderstorm just emerges from nowhere. It's it's almost like the Mississippi River is very similar to like Lake Michigan. You know how we have that lake effect snow or. Yep. Or sometimes you get storms that just build up over over the lake. Well, I think the river does the same thing as well because <laughs> literally there was nothing on the radar all day long, and then boom, this storm just pops up as it, as as a system or or I don't know if it was a front that made its way towards the river, but whatever it was, it it, it created rain and so we and thunderstorms and lightning. So of course we had to shut things down, and and so what they did was move um, things over the last three heats of Saturday over into Sunday morning. So yep. aside from that, yeah, it was, it was, the moisture was in the air all day Saturday. It was humid. It was disgusting. It was gross. Um, <laughs> nice. You know, obviously dr drivers, they're on track. It, it, it's a lot easier to be on track than sitting there waiting for the green flag to wave or anything like that. But um, thankfully Sunday overcast and the sun started to peak out a little bit here and there, but the, the, it was a cooler temperature, much more comfortable, so much more enjoyable day, especially with the main events running uh, all day long. So let's have a look at by the numbers. Of course, one of the things we talked about in our Outlap podcast, the preview that we did last week was uh, kind of the declining numbers a little bit for the Rock Island Grand Prix over the last number of years. You know, back and uh, you look back to 2017 at 307, 2018 at 295, down to 278. Uh, in 2019, 224 after the, the COVID uh, year that we took off. Uh, 199 total entries didn't quite make the 200 mark, but all in all, David, just it's it's tough to see the numbers kind of fall a bit here for Rock Island. Yeah, the yeah we thought we were going to get just over the 200. Unfortunately, we didn't. You know, uh, so there was a good a number of walk up entries. You know, at least 20 
just about 20 entries uh, in terms of walk-ups. So that was good in terms of that. But yeah, overall, again, we're, we're just kind of on the decline since 2017 when we were at 307 that year. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, a lot of different factors into playing as to why, you know, a lot of people have their different theories and different ideas. And, you know, some of it's right. Some of it could be wrong. It's just a mixture of, of, you know, just not producing the same numbers as what we were used to seeing at Rock Island. But again, you know, numbers don't always make the racing better because, again, you're still going to have good. There were still good racing all across the board. Yeah, like we always say, you have a handful of guys up front, especially at Rock Island. You put five guys in the league group, and they're going to put a show on, right? It's that That's the beauty of it. But, again, you just look at some of the small things. Um, with the declining numbers, there are there's kind of prompted some other series and, and tracks to put events on. There was, of course, a big race down in Texas. Uh, Route 66 ran this past weekend, and it's I think that the power that Rock Island had at one point uh, I think people are kind of leaning off of that, which is a shame. It's such a great race. You and I both love the event like crazy, and it would love it would be great to see more people kind of step up and, and get back at it. But do you want to give us some highlights of some of the numbers so in terms of the highs and lows? Well, if you look at the numbers, the highest category, <clears throat> the, the biggest entry total was tied. And it's a mixture. It's King of the Rock Briggs 206 at 21, but also the total amount of vintage drivers was 21. So think you think about that. Obviously, the the events kind of moved towards the Briggs and Stratton 206 engine platform since it began there in 2012. But also, it it takes a little bit of crazy to run the Rock Island Grand Prix. It really does. And these old guys, or some of them younger, they just have the older carts. Uh, They don't care where they race. They just want to be part of something special. And so that's why you see 21 drivers as part of the vintage uh, categories. They have three different classes and. And they make up 21 drivers. So, again, that's, you know, that we saw King of the Streets only at eight, you know, open shifter masters at five. And we're typically, yeah. you know, we typically see double digits there uh, throughout the many years at Rock yeah. Island Grand Prix. And unfortunately, it was just not there, um, you know, and that's part of scheduling. That's part of just other things. And again, it's part of just drivers aren't as crazy as they used to be. <laughs> Yeah, or, or just, yeah, they're not, they're not interested in running that street circuit race, which is, you know, it's, and, and again, let's play this. We, we talk about it all the time. There's just so much racing going on right now, especially by the time you get to September. A lot of these people are tapped out. Yeah, exactly. Again, a lot of number of different factors, uh, you know, but looking at all the Briggs categories were double digits all the way through with Ignite, uh, you know, 14 and 12 in their senior category. Sorry, Masters was only at six. So, that one struggled. Uh, you know, there it was a smaller Margate tent there. Uh, a lot of, you know, there are still drivers that uh, they had an event the weekend prior to. So mm-hmm. that could be a factor as well, um, because we know the Ignite program is growing across across the Midwest and across the eastern part of the country. So um, there's not an issue there in terms of, of drivers racing that category. But we had 206 heavy at 18 and 16 medium at 13 and 12 masters at 13. So those were kind of very similar to what we saw last year. Nothing, nothing big in terms of dropping except for the ignite masters category, you know, King of the rock Briggs, as I said, was at 21. Um, we did see the drop in senior hundred CC. Yeah. Uh, that was 15 last year and we only got four drivers this year. So that's kind of a, a, uh, a bad number to get where we had five in King of the Rock 100 CC, but yet that was probably one of the better races was watching those right. two categories. So, well, we'll dive into those races, of course, folks, throughout this edition of the debrief episode number 100. We've hit the century mark on our debrief smats. Isn't that crazy, David? Think that a hundred debriefs. 
It is. It's very <laughs> unique to be able to get to wow. uh, to that point. Wow, amazing. All right, folks, a uh, quick break in the action. When we get back, we'll go to the paddock pass. David's got some more stuff trackside, not the racing, but uh, on the event itself. Stay with us. We'll be back. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. It's time to push yourself. Make the jump from the club level and race against the best in the country at the Texas Sprint Racing Series. The premier regional kart racing series in Texas is a five-race program that travels throughout the southern portion of the United States. The 2022 season is set to come to a close at the Speed Sports Racing Park in New Caney, Texas on September 22nd and 24th. The fall finale will be a special Thursday to Saturday event with racing two nights under the lights at one of the best tracks in the country. Registration is now open at TexasSprintSeries.com. If you weren't part of the action in 2022, mark down the Texas Sprint Racing Series schedule for the 2023 season. Action begins on March the 24th to 26th at NOLA Motorsports Park in New Orleans. May 26th to 28th is a return to racing under the lights at Speed Sports Racing Park. June the 30th to July the 2nd is the midway point of the next season and then races on August 4th to 6th and September 15th to 17th will close out the year. Details on the final three locations will be announced in the future. For information about rules and the class structure for this official Supercarts USA and International Kart Federation series can be found at TexasSprintSeries.com. Welcome back to the 100th episode of our EKA Debrief as we dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix, the Labor Day Classic event. This edition, uh, of course, uh, brought to you, as I said, by Comet Kart Sales as we jump now into the Paddock Pass section. This section presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. Head to www.shop.com. 
AKR.com. All right, DC, let's, uh, you know, I followed, I was obviously out at the, uh, the IndyCar weekend, road Indy weekend in Portland, uh, but I was obviously following all the social media. And, and one of the ones, the, the posts that you made that I thought was quite interesting was the skyline of turn five and turn number six. Uh, in terms of the fact that they've they've literally got rid of a couple of buildings, I had to kind of go back and try to figure out where I was in looking at the photos that you used. Yeah, the building just outside of the entry point of Turn Six, so essentially where you pull off and scale, there used to be a brick building there. Well, that's been demolished. It was shortly demolished, I think, just after might have been the sun the early this summer. Okay. Uh, they're re, they're doing a uh, a new court building that is going to be put in place there. So they're obviously looking at trying to revitalize the downtown area of rock island and that's one i think one of the key elements there they're also building uh just on the outside of the paddock uh, a new ymca area so they're they're the construction in the area is is promising for for rock island um but it just for right now is made for a a different as you said kind of backdrop uh for the, the racing event especially looking at at um through turn six where you stand there in, in the in the paddock and, and on the pit lane there so it's it certainly gave a unique aspect uh yeah. and, and viewpoint and then also it looked a little bit different between four and five i'm not sure if there were a few trees that were knocked down down the front straightaway as well too so okay. kind of i you know that one tree that we we always are kind of shaded by there by terry riggins scoring trailer was not there anymore so gave you a little bit more space there, but uh, certainly took away the shade for the early portion of that Saturday morning when it was very, very bright and sunny. Um, so yeah, so obviously different different looks in in those couple of areas of the racetrack itself. Well, one of the things about the Rock Island Grand Prix is that the, the track is not always exactly the same. Same layout, but depending on where they put the barriers, you know, the, the, the apex could change a little bit. And of course, that because of the, the bumpy nature of any kind of a city street can change the way the event is. Another thing, David, I picked up from kind of watching all your all your coverage on the weekend. Uh, I was I was a little surprised that they ran the barriers around the outside of the corners to make the corners that seem really tight. Right. Normally, it's just the apex and then. There's all that room to the outside. Was that something that, that would look to be something a little different for me this year? Um, no, it's it's something they've done in the past. I know what you're thinking because when we looked at building the racetrack, we're thinking of a square outside to I where like, you have yeah. the where you yeah. have the apex is the rounded part, but the outside should be squared. Well, they I I think it's due to the the amount of barriers that they have. They're only they're limited to the amount of barriers that they have, so they have to make that the outside. Uh, rounded to where they can do the uh, kind of a square look with the secondary barriers, the taller ones, the gray ones that you see uh, in the photos. So again, it's more so the tightness of the racetrack that that's kind of changed over the last couple of years, especially turn one and turn five. They're not quite as open as what they used to be in the past. And so it kind of, you know, those are two very key passing zones uh, on the racetrack. So it makes for a little bit more interesting and, and have to be more, a little bit more calculated in, in your passing and, and timing of a pass uh, in, and certainly in those sections. But the one thing across the board is that every time we go back, there's more and more bumps. That's, uh, you know, unless it's a, a complete repave, uh, we, you know, there's, there's certain areas that just weather a little bit worse than others, especially the transition between the bricks that they use for the sidewalk crossings and the, and the actual pavement of the street. Those, 
especially on the straightaways have gotten a, to be a little bit harder uh, going down the front straightaway towards turn one. That one's really bad. And then of course, turn going down towards turn two. Um, that is uh, an, another straightaway bump that you don't expect to get uh, as you're, you know, motoring, you know, 80 miles an hour down towards turn two. Uh, but again, and then turn five, again, just always seems to be the most bumpiest area of the racetrack and uh, continued to live up to its name on that. What else you got here for the paddock pass? Well, we talked about it in the numbers, you know, a lot of other events scheduled on top of this weekend and, you know, a busy 2022 schedule. It certainly has been, you know, we've been nonstop at e-carding news since the first weekend in January yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of been nonstop ever since, uh, you know, so it provides a, a really busy calendar throughout the year. I mean, we're just now getting into September and it feels like we've been already through a full season. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, adding those, you know, you got Route 66 that was two hours away down at uh, Cart Circuit Autobahn. You had the um, Speed Sports Racing Park with their Lone Star Grand Prix down in Texas. And you had, there was some, there was another event as well too. Um, I can't recall the other event. Um, no I thought there was another one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <clears throat> but there were also events prior to, uh, you know, you had Stars championship series in new jersey so that was that shifter focus so that kind of hurt on the king of the streets side of things mm -hmm. and mount open shifter masters and you also had the ignite program running their ignite challenge event at mid-state uh, cart club the weekend prior to yeah. so they had 88 ignite entries on that weekend so the, the ignite entries are out there it's just again getting them to the rock island grand prix that's kind of the uh the the roadblock right now i think is just is just getting people there you know, there were there were probably I want to say at least two to five new drivers that had never been to Rock Island Grand Prix. So it's something. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who race in the past that just aren't coming back anymore. Or again, because of the scheduling conflicts, they couldn't be there. So it's just a lot of a lot of different factors into into kind of the de decline of the numbers. Let's go to a positive here to cap off this edition of the Paddock Pass. And I, I, you and I know that from being there uh, for many years when I was there announcing as well, Dave McIntyre, who the voice of the uh, Cup Cards North America program, uh, was always there having you know having fun and and always had a great time with Dave. Finally, getting an opportunity to uh, join as part of the announcing crew. So one of the new vo voices of the events, I'm, I'm sure Dave McIntyre had a pretty good weekend. Uh, he, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I mean, anytime he goes to the Rock Island Grand Prix, he has a great time. Anytime he's at the racetrack, he's having a great time. So it definitely provided a new voice, a new outlook in, turn, in terms for the spectators surrounding the event that come each and every year. Again, that was one of the things I noticed. Um, you know, it seemed to be a little bit uh, busier than 2020 one was last year um partly maybe because you know the covid restriction guidelines are are a little bit uh lesser but uh anyway the uh the voice they heard dave mcintyre certainly is a, a unique character and and gives different insight into the event and was joined by jay kidwell from the local four news station there at rock island so jay there his second year for the rock island grand prix while dave again just uh, a different voice and a lot of enthusiasm behind it what about, uh, I know that uh, we don't have this down here, but what, what about the atmosphere? Was, did you get a chance to go to one of the, was, was there a concert on Friday and Saturday night? Did you head that? Uh, how, how, how was the, how was the, the district, man? Did you get, did you get some pizza or what? 
No, no pizza. They he do did. not have their yeah. Again, that the it's it's not the same Rock Island, Rob. I'll just say oh, I'll man. just put it that way. It is not the same Rock Island Grand Prix that we're so used to. It's um, and that you know that's the conversation I had with another number of different people, including those on the committee, and and just I'm like there needs to be kind of like a 180 on this event because it's been the same thing over and over. Nothing's getting changed. Nothing's been updated. And, and you, sometimes when, when numbers are starting to go down, you got to kind of take a look at it and like, all right, we need to flip this thing around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Huckleberries did not have their dining room open. So I told them, no, thank you. Wow. And uh, basically I ate at Steve's old time tap all weekend long. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know? Okay. And you know, when, when the beverages are good and the food that's, is edible, why not? That's true. That's true. Great <laughs> atmosphere in the old time tap, man. I'd love that. That place. is, that is, yes, it was a good atmosphere in there off Friday, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. So that was good with, with racers in there, but overall, you know, Saturday it was raining. So yeah, we had no idea where they had moved the concert. We didn't even know they moved the concert indoors. Um, and we went to some other place and, and of course, Steve's, old time tap, but, uh, yeah, just the, the atmosphere is not there. You know, it's, I, I'm not quite sure how I can, all I can think of is that the city just hasn't really looked at that. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nobody again, kind of like promotion on, on, on carding, you know, somebody takes a, takes a, takes a lead and goes with it. They just haven't had that person to be able to do that for the off track activities there at rock island yeah man again it's it's tough right because we had this bar set so high we've had so much so many good times over the last 20 years at the at the concerts whatever it may be the travoltas uh yeah it's, it's tough of course that's what we look at right we look at that look at the, like, the times we had before yeah it's like going to vegas and no gambling <laughs> i hear you i hear you all right listen it's, it's time to start talking about some of these races here right now there was a lot of racing going on uh, trackside through saturday and sunday we get back after this quick break. We'll uh, dive into the uh, race report, starting with King of the Streets. We'll hit all the King classes to get things underway. Made in the USA. That's exactly what you get from Precision Karting Technologies. Based in Detroit, Michigan, PKT brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting. Their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium. Precision Karting Technologies is known around North America for their successful line of axles available in all age groups. PKT manufactures a number of engine products for Comer, IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. You can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're karting to win, it boils down to one thing. You, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. And you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Allen Rudolph with decades of victories and championships 
in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to episode number 100 of our EKN Debrief as we take a deep dive into the Rock Island Grand Prix, the 27th running of the Labor Day Classic. Uh, we'll jump into the race report right now, powered by DID Chain. Powered by technology, DID Racing Chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to a longer chain life, as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. All right, David, let's jump into King of the Streets. Again, tough to see only eight entries for this one. Defending winner Andrew Bedozo was back, though. You can talk about some of the previous winners if you like, but otherwise dive in to, to see what we saw trackside. Yeah, King of the Streets was a, a domination by defending crown winner Andrew Bedozo. Set, this year, they instituted qualifying for all three of the King categories, so that, that kind of gave a little bit uh, extra flavor to, oh, yeah. uh, to the event and for those categories. Uh, Bedozo ended up laying down a 32.216 for fast time and qualifying. And it was interesting that all top five, all on magic carts were within two tenths of each other. So that was, that was a real interesting session to kind of watch and play out. Uh, Bedozo led the wire to wire in the heat race on Saturday, uh, winning by four seconds ahead of Scott Skitchy Barnes with Austin Wilkins in the third position, AJ Myers in fourth, and then Robbie Bedozo in fifth. A little bit of interesting at the start. Myers was unable to make make it around on the pace lap as his steering hub actually broke, and he was nice. unable to steer the cart. Uh, Barnes and Wilkins each had DNFs as well early on in the main event, while Bedozo got the whole shot from the pole position and led wire to wire for an 11-second victory ahead of his brother Robert in second spot. Nice. Uh, looks like Joe Rook coming home in third, Blake Korth in fourth, and Justin Kelly rounding out the uh, top five. Uh, interesting, as you have here, David Bedoza becomes only the fourth different driver to win multiple King of the Streets events. Yeah, and in back-to-back -back years as well, yeah. too. So four drivers have gone back-to-back -back years uh, and also winning multiple King of the Street titles. So uh, certainly etched his name 
there at the uh, at the Rock Island Grand Prix now. And his speech wasn't quite as crazy as it was last year, <laughs> but he did he did have a musical element and it was an ACDC song. I'm wondering if you can think of that song. Wow, I don't know which one would have been. I've got the biggest balls <laughs> of them all. <laughs> Dirty deeds done dirt cheap. First album I ever bought, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, I, I, I use craziness a little bit more than say balls. Cause it's a little easier to say yeah. and a little more PG rated, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. These guys, man, they come around that first lap. They were all sideways. I think, I love it. um, I love it. Ro- Ro- yeah. Robbie, they, I think all of them hit the wall at one point. Oh, and that's, man, that- that's the wild part. Some of them survived it. Some of them didn't, but uh, I think they all hit the wall at one point. Let's, let's say this for the folks who haven't never been to the rock. I don't even to watch it. When you, when you were, where we announced from at start finish line, you can hear them coming at a five, right? And you, and the cool factor is when they come out of turn number six, you're kind of figuring out what kind of entry line they have, right? <laughs> are they wide? Are they going to touch? Are they, are they narrow? It's uh, it's always wild to watch them coming out of turn number six. I will say that from all my years there. That is true. All right, let's go to King of the Rock 206. Actually, this was a big class. 23 in the King of the Rock, as you said. The Briggs drivers continuing to support this big event. Defending winner was Mike Dittmer coming in as the as the king. Uh, but Connor Lund, David, coming out of the gate with the fastest time in qualifying. Yeah, Connor Lund on the Comet Eagle. Also, Dittmer won last year on the Eagle. So it certainly has that success with Gary Lawson, one of the uh, former designers of the Eagle chassis there. And uh, certainly got uh, knows its way around the Rock Island Grand Prix. Uh, Lund set fast time with a 38.126 with Tony Nielsen, a 22-time winner at the Rock Island Grand Prix in second, and multi-time winner Jeff Dolian in third. Uh, heat race actually went to Michael Welsh, who qualified in fourth. Again, just guys trying to find their spot and uh, kind of measuring up their, each other in the 10-lap heat race with Nielsen ended up in second. Barnes up to third with uh, Dolian ended up in the fourth spot. And Dittmer up to the fifth position. Drake Ostrom, a driver we weren't kind of watching, but, you know, obviously we've we've talked about him before. We I think we talked about him in the outlap as well. Yeah, yeah, qualified ninth, that. finished eighth in the heat race. Uh, but again, just had to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, red, the main event started with a red flag, uh, opening lap, a turn six wreck, uh, including Jeremiah Davis being one of them actually bent his axle in that wreck, but continued on and drove to 10th after <laughs> with what? a bent axle. So, uh, certainly a, a strong drive for him. He was, he was a man on a mission. We'll just say that, um, Nielsen jumped out to the lead early on, but, uh, and essentially was leading the entire distance. But on the last lap, Ostrom was able to get, uh, uh, was able to push a Connor Lund by Nielsen and then in turn two get by Lund for the lead. And then Ostrom was able to hold the lead through the final uh, couple of corners to be able to cross the line uh, with the victory to earn his first uh, King of the Rock title. Wow, good for him. And the margin less than two-tenths of a second over Dolian, Welsh, Wishard, and Nielsen. What else? Got a little, little something about Scott Barnes in here as well, David? Yeah, a uh, fast lap. I'm just kind of recording fast lap of the yeah. race kind of compared to last year. Uh, 37.254, which was half a second quicker than last year, but Barnes ended up in the seventh position, was certainly uh, pushing and trying to get up to that lead pack, which I think was about six drivers there at the end. Cool. 
Let's wrap up the King of the Rock uh, uh, summaries with uh, the 100cc category. The entries in total. Race Liberante, the, uh, the defending winner, but not here this year. Uh, let's let's run through uh, qualifying with Justin Wishard up, to, up front, P1. Yeah, essentially was a show for Wishard all, all day or all weekend long. Set fast time in qualifying with 35.376, beating Oscar Pinozo who was uh, making his first trip to the Rock Island Grand Prix under the Magic Cart tent. Scott Barnes in third aboard a Margay with KA Power. Nice. Uh, so that was a that was an interesting story. Unfortunately, Barnes, after the heat race, uh, retired due to um, or did not compete in the category due to just being exhausted and uh, <laughs> the engine power plant not exactly running uh, at speed. Uh, Wishard actually drove to the heat race win and was out to a big lead in the main event until Austin Wilkins, a former King of the Streets winner and open shifter winner as well, too, was making his way forward, set uh, fast laps of the race to be able to drive up to uh, Wishard, got by him by the, by the time the white flag uh, came out. But on the final circuit, Wishard was able to get around him and took the lead and secured the victory on with a last lap pass, holding him off at the wow. line by only 42 thousandths of a second. Wow. All right. I like that. That's a, that's a good show for sure. Good job for Wilkins, but c- congratulations to Justin Wishard on that victory in the King of the Rock 100 CC. His, fir- his first rock trophy as well, too. Wow. First, first rock trophy, the King of the Rock. I like it. Nice. Uh, all right. Another break in the action. When we get back, we're going to jump into the 206 categories, 206 heavy and 206 medium as well as 206 masters. We'll go all Briggs in the next segment. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com.
Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 100. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, as David uh, provides us with uh, a report of everything that happened at this year's Rock Island Grand Prix. We'll jump into a number of Briggs uh, 206 classes right now. We'll go Briggs 206 Heavy 1, then Briggs 206 Heavy 2. Rock Island offering two different categories at each kind of level there, allowing people to get more track time. Uh, 19 entries in total in 206 Heavy 1, Race Liberante was the winner last year. And some big dogs have won here before. Lawson, uh, Gary Lawson, as we know, Cal Stewart, Tony Nielsen, Connor Lund have all been able to win here. Lund all the way back in 2014. But fast forward eight years, David, and Connor Lund finds himself uh, winning a heat race as well. Well, Connor Lund was actually the first Briggs 206 winner back in 2012 Ooh. when the first class was introduced. That was actually the medium category. And then they introduced the heavy category in 2014 when he went out and won that race. So he's actually got two inaugural win class wins at the Rock Island Grand Prix and certainly was uh, one of the drivers to beat. Uh, 206 heavy was the first category out on the racetrack each, uh, each day. And so it was the first heat race on Saturday. And Lund was able to hold off Jerry Fandry by 69 thousandths of a second in a large uh, lead pack battle. Uh, for that heat race win, uh, Wishard finished third in the heat race and was able to get himself up into the lead and led the first half of the race until uh, Tony Nielsen, a 22 time winner, uh, positioned himself up in the front of the field and led the second half of the race. It was a last lap battle with uh, Nielsen getting pushed or passed by both Connor Lund and Jeff Dolian as they entered turn one. And then uh, Lund was able to uh, to hold off Dolian in the final few corners to be able to cross the line first, holding on by 64 thousandths of a second at the line ahead of Dolian. Uh, Justin Wishard was able to get by Nielsen along with Drake Ostrom to finish third and fourth. Let's go to 206 Heavy 2 now. 17 entries doing the double. They're running both classes. Uh, Michael Dittmer, the defending winner. And again, Nielsen, Mike Welsh, Cal Stewart, all uh, former winners of this 206 Heavy category. Uh, Justin Wisher had a pretty solid weekend all total. Won the heat race, David. But things kind of shook around a little bit for the uh, for the final. Yeah, it was a big lead pack in the, in the main event. Dolian led the first 11 laps before he got shuffled back with Ostrom taking over the top position. And then on the last lap, it was another battle in all different corners. Uh, I believe um, Nielsen was sitting there second, and then Scott uh, Riley Scott was sitting there in third. And as they came around, Scott was able to get by both of them in the final few corners to come across uh, uh, with the victory and, and a solid one ahead of Connor Lund, Scott Barnes, Drake Ostrom, and Tony Nielsen. It's interesting. You're going to hear the Scott name quite a bit throughout this show. I, I actually dropped a, a message to David throughout the week and said, man, the Scots had a really good weekend because I could see them at the top of the charts quite a bit. Uh, first big, first win in the category for Riley Scott, right? Yeah, his first couple of rocks came in 2018, I believe was the year. And uh, so this was uh, his first in this category. Uh, we'll keep talking about Riley Scott as we jump into 206 medium one, 16 winners in total. Tony Nielsen, the legend, your uh, defending winner. Uh, Scott David ends up uh, starting the, day, the weekend off pretty well with a heat race victory. Yeah, got the heat race win, held off Aaron Snyder by 87 thousandths of a second. Drake Ostrom was right there in third, Matt Payway in fourth, and Michael Welsh in the fifth spot. Payway actually uh, retired. Sat out Sunday's action with a rib injury, 
Um, so I can, can kind of relate to that as it's, uh, it's not fun to get around rock Island grand prix with a rib injury. Yeah. At least you sucked it up though, David. Yeah. Well, they weren't sure if it was broken rib or yeah. if it was muscle. So, by the advisement of a close doctor friend, he said, uh, do not go back out there. Smart, smart. Well, move, really man. what it was, was when I talked to him, he said he couldn't breathe. He could get in the cart, but the, t- the seat was just too tight and he just Ugh. couldn't breathe. So Ouch. that's, uh, that's always a, an issue when you gotta, you know, actually breathe to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give us, give us, give us a lineup. How things roll out in the main event. Uh, main event. Well, it started, Ostrom was in the third spot and just something with the nerf bar broke and actually caused his cart to drag going into turn six. And he wrecked hard into the walls there, but luckily was able to walk away. But the cart was a little bit banged up from um, that contact with the wall there. Essentially that allowed Riley Scott and Carter prior to, uh, to kind of get out to a big lead as they ran nose to tail. Uh, Pryor kept on the bumper of Scott for the entire distance aside from the lead lap. By that time, uh, they had a group that had finally closed up and gotten to their back bumper. So it was a little bit of a battle on that last lap. I even believe there was a little bit of contact because as they came around turn six, Riley Scott's front fairing was sitting straight up in the air. Uh, flopping away as uh, as he took the checkered flag first by 76 thousandths of a second ahead of Carter Pryor. Yeah, I saw that photo. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, it, a little bit of contact there on that last lap. I'm not exactly sure where, where it happened, but he got in, somebody got inside of him, a little bit of contact, but he was able to pass right back for the lead and then come away with the victory. Okay, let's jump into 206 medium two, the second category for the 206 medium drivers, 14 dry, uh, entries in total. Uh, Mick, uh, my, uh, Mick Gabriel, the winner from last year, Riley Scott's been a winner there before. Justin Wishard, talking about him quite a bit throughout this weekend. He ends up winning the the, uh, the heat race over Drake Ostrom. Yeah, we talked a lot about him before, too. He had kind of a breakout weekend years ago at the Rock Island Grand Prix. I think it was his first ever Rock Island Grand Prix when he was, when he was old enough to compete in the senior categories. Uh, you know, obviously still kind of searching for that first rock victory. He did get that in K or the King of the King of the rock 100, but, uh, was certainly among the contenders all weekend long in all the different Briggs categories. Uh, he landed up leading the first 13 laps of the main event in medium two until contact dropped him out of the race along with, uh, um, trying to think who else it was can't remember who it was off the top of my head anyway um so contact took him out of the lead and out of the race that essentially put carter Pryor into the lead as they took the white flag but as they came around from the fi- for the final circuit it was drake ostrom that uh nope sorry i wrote that wrong trying to trying to figure this out here <laughs> sorry it's okay. My, again there's 17 races and i, I, I get everything confused so anyway <laughs> So it was it was Wishard that uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm not, not quite sure. So prior, okay. All right. You got anyway, Wheeler prior, prior, huh? You have Wheeler. I, I know here. Wheeler won the race. Yes. So okay. I might have just put I put Ostrom, and I think I'm supposed to met Wheeler. So anyway, prior led uh, to the white flag, and it was Wheeler Ashton Wheeler that was able to get around uh, uh, prior. I want to say in turns either turns two or three because as they came around turn five, he was leading the way and uh, was able to cross the line two tenths of a heck, two tenths of a second ahead of Drake Ostrom. Prior slipped back to the third position, 
Uh, Michael Welsh had fast lap of the race in fourth with Charlie Moore in fifth position. Yeah, third different winner in the class in the third year and a third career win for Ashton Wheeler as well, having won in 2016 and 2021. Now, folks, those of you tuning in to listen to this, remember, David Cole sitting at start-finish. You you can't see the racetrack, right? So you literally have to you know, figure out what happens as they come around the front straightaway yeah. and, then, and then go to talk to all the drivers to find out actually what happened in the race. Yeah, and I don't I, – I, I have a bad habit of not writing everything down, thinking, oh, I'll remember that. And I didn't remember that one, so I apologize I, listen, for that. Listen, I was able to remember from my first 20 years in the sport too, David. It's it's these last five and six. I can't remember everything that happens at the racetrack. Yeah, I'm on 18, so <laughs> – You're on 18. You're getting there. <laughs> uh, we'll cap up this section with a 206 Masters, 13 drivers in total. Uh, Jeff Dolian – defending winner and came in strong uh, Gary Lawson, Jeff Scott, Tony Nielsen, all former winners as well of the 206 masters category. Uh, Nielsen Pippen, me uh, back in that first year, which pissed me off. Uh, but uh, gee, gee, any uh, hard feelings there? Well, listen, I shouldn't have any hard feelings because I should have finished at least second, but I let Jasperson and Scott go by me in the last lap and I didn't defend. So that was my, my, my issue there. But listen, Jeff Dolian came out of the gate pretty strongly again, David, the defending winner trying to get back to it again, had good speed, was able to win the heat race over Don Newman. Yeah, it was Dolian, Newman, and Scott Barnes that were running one, two, and three. Unfortunately, on lap four, a little bit of contact between Dolian and Newman sent them into the barriers. Barnes had nowhere to go oh. and was collected as well. Barnes actually ended up on his side, you know, a little bit upside down, kind of pinned between carts and, and the wall. Thankfully, all the competitors were able to avoid that, that were behind them. And then the the uh, the good work by all the corner workers and everybody that was right there at the turn six wall were able to get everybody out of the way and all the carts off and uh, over the walls before the uh, the field came back around the next time by. So, hey David, let's, let's let's take an opportunity to give a shout out to the the corner workers at Rock Island. That is one of the amazing things, right? Anytime you hear that big boom of somebody getting into the barriers, they all go to work, cl- hop over the fence. They they get those. It's not a it's it's not a long lap here, folks. You hear us talking about 35, you know, 35, 36, 37 second laps. Uh, you got to get the job done quickly, and they do a great job getting the you know the all, all the cards are involved on the other side of the barriers. It's just amazing the work they do. Yeah, thankfully it was that turn six where a lot of the mechanics and and those yeah. that were involved were you know watching their their racers were right there to be able to help pull everything. I was actually there too as well. There's just a lot of people help chipping in, so that was good again nice. safely because again you don't want to do it unsafely. And uh, you know everybody's making sure listening for that call of when the carts were coming. And uh, kept their heads up. So that essentially, that wreck put Dittmer out into the lead and uh, was there until the last lap when uh, the racers up front, I think it was about six drivers in the in the, in the the pack then, uh, were all battling for position. Jeff Scott, who came across the white flag in fourth position, ended up coming around turn six with the lead and was able to score his second victory in the category. Yeah. Driving away to a four-tenths of a second victory over Todd Bolton, Aaron Snyder, uh, Michael Welsh, and then Dittmer falling back to fifth on that final circuit. Good good run there for Jeff Scott. Nicely done. All right. uh, Another little break here. And when we get back, it's time to uh, jump into the Mark A program. Ignite up next. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent 
reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the US market. The KT5 features 30 millimeter construction with a 32 millimeter front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new VEN 13 brake system is cutting edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With Force Cycle Racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Cometic Gasket is a leading worldwide supplier of gaskets and engine sealing solutions for karting, automotive performance, power sports, original equipment, and the remanufactured engine industries. Cometic karting gaskets are available as OE replacement top end kits or as individual gaskets and seals. Just like competitive carters, Cometic can operate on the fly and has the unique capability to customize any gasket to meet specific engine requirements and clearances. All of Cometic's fiber materials are asbestos free and do not require any additional sealants. Viton oil ring cylinder head seals are used in each two cycle kit and Cometic's four cycle engine kits feature only the most advanced multi-layer steel head gaskets. Cometic can tailor to engine builder specific needs through bulk ordering and packaging flexibility. Cometic gaskets are must-haves for championship winning teams across multiple disciplines of both professional and amateur motorsports. Cometic gasket, sealing championships since 1989. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network and our debrief of this year's Rock Island Grand Prix. David Cole giving us a full rundown of all the action that happened at the Labor Day Classic. David, let's jump into these uh, the, the Ignite categories. We've got two senior classes and the Masters class as well. 14 drivers in Ignite Senior 1. Ashton Wheeler, defending race winner. You go back to guys like Evan Stommer, Scott Barnes, Jordan Bernlauer, Jeff Doley, and Jeremy Remick, all former winners of the Ignite Senior category at the Rock Island Grand Prix. But coming out of the gate, winner of the heat race, Gage Kemp. Yeah, a number of different drivers looking for their first victory in this category. Gage Kemp, one of them. Uh, Barnes, a former winner, ended up finishing second ahead of Justin Vansel. Another driver looking for his first victory along with Brandon Moore and Riley Scott, who actually had the win last year taken away for being light at the scales. So 
a little bit of redemption on the mind of Riley Scott heading into this category for sure. Uh, Barnes led the second half of the main event, essentially four drivers battling it out for the lead, uh, including Barnes, Nielsen, Vansel, and then Riley Scott there sitting in the fourth position. Uh, as the, uh, as they took the uh, the white flag for the last lap, it was Nielsen and Vansel that were dra- that were able to draft past Barnes uh, for the top spot. And then as they went into turn two, Vansel made his way around Nielsen for that top position. And then things shook up in turn three again. Uh, a little bit of contact with Vansel and Scott sent Vansel over into the wall and took him out of the race. And then as they came into the final corner, Nielsen was actually leading the race. And then Barnes made a move on the inside. The two made contact. Nielsen went backwards into the wall. Barnes got his pace slowed down. That allowed Riley Scott to pull the good little over-under, keep the momentum going, and was able to slip by the that wreck and was able to go on to score the victory. Uh, Barnes came across wow. the line. In the second spot was penalized, though, 10 seconds for the contact with Nielsen. That actually ended up moving Charlie Keevan up into the second spot, moving Barnes down into the third spot. Wow. Ashton Wheeler, and Mike Stevenson rounding out the top five in a crazy Ignite senior main event. And David, you talked about this on the outlap. So Scott's win, he's the seventh different winner in seven years. That is correct. Seven different winner in seven years. I love it. That's what makes this Ignite category so much fun. Agreed. I agree. Let's go to Ignite Senior 2. They did it twice on the weekend, as many other classes did. Uh, 13 entries. Scott Barnes, of course, coming in as the defending winner. Uh, you talked about Vansel already. He, he was uh, strong there as well. Ended up winning the heat race for Ignite Senior 2. Yeah, unfortunately, though, with the wreck in Senior 1, was unable to make the start for Senior 2 due oh, to okay. a leg injury and, of course, cart damage. Uh, due to the incident. Very similar uh, injury, by the way, uh, with a very bruised up and cut up left leg. I said, well, join the join the club because I've <laughs> been there in turn three as well, too. You've been there. You have actually. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So luckily, luckily, he's able to walk away. I did talk to him a little bit of a concussion. So uh, oh. so I uh, hope the best for him. Also with uh, Tony Nielsen in that wreck with Scott Barnes, uh, concussion there as well, too. He actually ended up sitting out the remainder of the event due to that concussion. Wow. Okay. Some big wrecks in turn number three and turn number six. Let's talk more about this main event then. How do things play out in the race, Dave? Uh, yeah, this race, uh, Barnes essentially was up front for a majority of it. Him and Ashton Wheeler were kind of going back and forth, but Barnes was certainly the driver uh, kind of on the mission to try and get his first rock of the event. And this was one of those races that was towards the end of the day as well. Uh, so they were able to go back and forth, but Barnes was able to secure it with a pass on the last lap and uh, secure secured that first rock trophy of the weekend. And then Riley Scott was able to slip by Wheeler there for the second position as well on that final circuit ahead of Keevan and Mike Stevenson for the fifth spot. Yeah, back-to-back jacks for Scott Barnes, right? Sketchy winning last year as well, winning this time. So second straight win in the class for Scott Barnes. Let's go to Ignite Masters. Six drivers, just six, which is such a surprise to me. Uh, Tony Nielsen, of course, has won three times in the class. I believe, no, two times in the class. Pete Vetter a couple times as well, Pistol Pete. Uh, Scott Barnes coming out of the gates and winning the heat race over Nielsen, Moore, Stevenson, and Scott Blind. But how did things play out in the main event? Yeah, Barnes looked like he was a strong one. He had a pretty good uh, advantage in the heat race to uh, to kind of drive away to that win. But this time, they, the field kind of kept him close. 
Uh, at first it was a four driver fight, but then it ended up being two with Scott Barnes, uh, and, and Nielsen, uh, getting together and they were able to kind of drive away, uh, from the rest of the other two drivers. Uh, it ended up being a last lap contact. Uh, I'm not, sh- can't remember which turn it was, but there was contact between Nielsen and Barnes, uh, that sent Barnes into the wall, ending up his, ending his race, allowing Tony Nielsen to drive. Uh, to the checkered flag to, again, earn his third straight victory in the category. So I'm assuming that Ignite Masters happened then before Senior One, right? It was early on in the day, correct. Yeah, so yeah, so, so, Bar- so Barnes and Nielsen had a couple of run-ins on the weekends, what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, at least two that <laughs> we know of. At least two that we know of. All right, another break. We come back, we'll go 100cc. I will go two-cycle around. 100cc Senior, Yamaha nope. Super Can Heavy. Hold on, I got but, a couple. I forgot. Note at the end there. What do you got? I thought you said that. Oh, I hit. Okay. Drop, drop the, drop the note on Tony Nielsen. Well, first, first off, Dolian, Jeff Dolian sub for Scott Bland, right? Blind. Blind. Uh, ended up finishing second ahead of uh, Moore, Brandon Moore and Mike Stevenson with Barnes ending up fifth because it was DNF. But the highlight, Tony Nielsen earned his 23rd victory of at the Rock Island Grand Prix. So now he is only five wins away from the emperor, Gary Lawson. That's it. So 28 for Lawson, 23 for Nielsen. I like it. With you're within five, Nielsen could do it at any season, any year, right? Well, he, yeah. He <laughs> needs that. Uh, what was it? 2015 when he won, won six of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he'll, he'll need to repeat that in 2023 for sure. All right. As I said, ladies and gentlemen, when we get back after this break, it'll be hundred CC senior Yamaha super can heavy. We'll jump into the shifter categories as well. We'll wrap up the race report segment right after this. You want the best. You just got to roll with the best streeter super stands. This is Jeff Wessel from streetersuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart. So why put that cherished ride of yours on anything, but Cardine's number one lifts and stands streeter super stands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always-growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstance has over 30 continuous years of experience. Rick Cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstance.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstance.com. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpre chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit 
www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief. It's episode number 100, uh, the century mark for our Debrief uh, Race Report podcast. Rob Howden here with David Cole, who was trackside at the Rock Island Grand Prix. He's bringing us all the insight into what happened throughout uh, Sunday's main events. 100cc senior category, eight entries in total, a much bigger last year, eight coming in this year. Chase Jones was the winner last year and did not make the trek to Rock Island this year. Uh, David, you did mention that Oscar Pinozo earlier in the show that he made his first uh, trip to Rock Island and uh, was actually out front early as the heat race winner in 100cc senior. I will tell you one thing. Oscar Pinozo probably has the record for hitting the wall the most times on the weekend without wrecking. Really? Uh, it was either turn one, turn six, and I'm sure probably any of the other four corners that he would just just get the, 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 the back end of the cart out just enough to tap the wall, but keep going straight and certainly was quick doing it. Again, pushing to the limit, getting every inch of the racetrack. Barely. You know, had fast lap in the main event as well, too, and then won this heat race. But I, every time the, this guy was on track, he was tapping the walls. It was it was a show. Dancing was, on the razor's edge. Totally, totally. He, kept, he definitely kept Dave and Jay on 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 point, <laughs> waiting for him to, to do something. Because, again, it was turn six. We could yeah. all see it. Yeah. It, was, it was just, and you could hear it. That was the crazy part. Again, with only, you know, six, seven carts out on the track at the time, you can hear it everywhere you, everywhere they were doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, so yeah, after winning the heat race, though, uh, Justin Wishard jumped out to the lead in the main event and led the majority of the race. Very similar to what we saw in King of the Rock 100. Austin Wilkins came charging in towards the end of the race. This time, he led two laps up until the white flag lap. Justin Wishard able to pull off the last lap pass once again and beat him to the line to score a second rock on the weekend for Justin Wishard. Yeah, a tenth of a second uh, triumph over Wilkins. Charlie Moore in third spot. Pinoza with that fast lap of the race of 34.652 ends up P4. Riley Scott rounding out the top five. Ten entries in Yamaha Super Can Heavy. Gage Rucker, the defending winner, and he was in the action here uh, this year as well. Other winners in past years, Morgan Schuler, Tim Getch, uh, of course, Tony Nielsen, Tony Jump, Michael Dittmer, Gary Lawson. Uh, Charlie Moore, though, David, ends up winning the heat race over Gage Rucker, Blake Korth, Jake Ostrom, and Todd Bolton. But it uh, sounds to me like uh, uh, Drake Ostrom was the, really the guy to beat in the main event. Yeah, this was a good one that went to to the wire. Uh, four drivers, or I think it was three drivers, uh, battling. No, it was four drivers with Blake Horth kind of trailing, closing in and closing in, getting closer and closer to the lead group. Um, and you, by the way, you forgot to mention my fifth place finish in 2014. In I class, did. But. I did not mention your fifth place finish, <laughs> which was a strong run, David. Amazing run. run with the again busted rib. Uh, anyway, still still not the best finish by an EKN. Uh, staff member at the Rock Island. I think it was probably one of the more amazing performances. I don't but... think so, David. Okay. I don't think so. I qualified second to Tony Nielsen, ran second, and then finished um, fourth. You know, I think there was another performance you did better at, but I'm trying to, I can't re- I don't quite think remember so. that. I, I, think think I, finished, was... I think I finished sixth in Tag Master one year and like 
six. That one up. I think was more impressive because you didn't go out for morning warm up. <laughs> no, I did not go for morning warm up. I had uh, Saturday night fever. <laughs> anyway, it's the, the year of the Margay was good too because that's when Keith Freeber and I were kung fu fighting. So that's what uh, I'm saying. That was a great. That was a good year with Greg Dingus that year too in the in the digger. Exactly. Now now look at him. He he's he's an amazing photographer videographer. You know, he, he wants nothing to do with wrenching on a cart for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would think he'd do it for me again. But yeah, Greg Diggis has become a fantastic media member for sure. But yeah, we had a really, really good time that year yeah. running running the 206. That was a really good time. Okay, back, so yeah, yeah, so you finished fifth. We will say that <laughs> there was a potential for the best ever Howden Media Group good staff point. member. Yeah, That was Tim Blaney. But mm-hmm. he ran out of talent in turn number four mm-hmm. and didn't make it to the checkered flag. No, he uh, he turned in too early there. That's remember, something you can't do. Remember what chassis was on? The Arrow. The Arrow. That's exactly with a Rotax. Right. With a Rotax. That's Shane right. Shipley and the BTK Motorsports. That's for... it. There you go. Yeah, awesome stuff. Okay, so let's wrap things up with this one here. Yeah, let's talk sorry. about the. Let's so, talk about... so yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a. <laughs> it was a. I was I was using the story to help me remember what was going on in this race. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was a four driver battle, and and. Blake, uh, Blake Korth was kind of quick, quick and kind of trailing. And as they kept mixing it up, was getting closer and closer. Well, they ended up mixing it up on the final lap. Uh, Drake Ostrom was sitting there in third and was able to come around in first with uh, a little bit of contact between Charlie Moore and Todd Bolton. So that shook things up as Ostrom was able to come around to score uh, his second victory. Because again, this was the last class of the day his second victory of the event and first in the category. That really is something that happens at rock Island, right? That last lap, you could be P3 mm-hmm. and you never know what happens. Someone dives down the inside. You just got to be ready for the over under. You got to be able to, to take advantage of whatever opportunity comes to you. So yeah, congrats to John Drake Ostrom there for sure. And another reason I bring that up is probably because it's Blake Horth who ended up finishing second because of all that contact was probably running the same motor that I kept pushing around into 2014. <laughs> Cause that was, uh, that was Tim Hollowell who was working with, uh, Mark. I can't remember his last name, but the same mechanic that was working with Korth. So I'm wondering oh, if it's yeah. the same Yamaha engine that, uh, that Korth was using. Two more categories to wrap things up. Open shifter masters and open shifter five entry in the master class. Joe Rook, the uh, defending race winner. Of course, he came in to try to battle it out here as well. Uh, Scott Skitchy Barnes ends up winning the heat race, David, over Joe Rook. Uh, Tiffany Kelly and Justin Kelly made their Rock Island debuts. They were third and fourth in the heat race. Yeah, it's... Um... <clears throat> It was a bad heat race for Justin Kelly there with a brand new GFC chassis. And again, their heat race move was moved to Saturday morning. He got about uh, two laps in before he came around turn six. And just, you know, kind of like how we were talking with Pinozo was making just a little bit of slight contact. Well, this was more than slight contact. He made more, got more of the, uh, the tire involved in the contact and this barriers just wrapped them right up. Mm-hmm. Sent him around like a rag doll and destroyed the uh, the new GFC chassis. So uh, <clears throat> not a uh, not a good way to uh, open up Sunday for Justin Kelly. And then Tiffany Kelly actually put it in the wall two laps later. So it was a little busy oh. of a tent. It was a little busy of a tent there Sunday Sunday morning uh, for both the Kellys. Thankfully, uh, they were able to get Tiffany's cart back going uh, for. Th- <clears throat> excuse me for this main event, Justin actually ran her cart in the King of the streets race. And he was able to, uh, to put down some good laps and just get, 
get some laps in at, sure. uh, as they were making their uh, their first Rock Island Grand Prix. So give us the lineup. How how things go in the in the remainder of the in in the main event. Yeah, so essentially the entire event belonged to uh, Scott Skitchy Barnes, won the heat race handedly over Joe Rook with uh, another dominating performance in the main event, winning by 2.6 seconds ahead of the defending winner to uh, to earn what I believe is what his third time in this category. Uh, let me see here. Where'd he go? Yep, third time in this category, winning in 2019 and 2015. The ironic part, he had 2010 winner Chris Enderline wrenching for him on the weekend. So, yep. so I guess Enderline picked up another rock victory for himself in the category. Six wins uh, total for Scott Barnes on the career, tied now with Eric Jones and Caleb Lanuski, ninth overall in the career wins at the Rock Island Grand Prix. Let's go to open shift now. Five entries in total. Austin Wilkins, your defending winner. Uh, heat race though. Again, you, you talked a lot about Bedozo. He just really, really seems to have things handled. Really, I think that's this track and the nature and how you have to attack it really kind of lends itself to Andrew Bedozo, right? Because this is the guy, the guy that likes to hang it out there. He's the new wild thing. I mean, he essentially, is is what thing. it is. You know, I it like used that. to be Josh Lane for many, many years. Now mm-hmm. that Josh is, you know, focused on on Gage's uh, motocross, uh, you know, career. Uh, he's stepped away from karting. So the, the new wild thing is Andrew Bedozo, who again, you know, dominated the open shifter category, went untouched in the heat race, uh, winning, driving away to a 5.6 second victory over Austin Wilkins. Uh, again, attrition was a big one in this one. This was after King of the Street. So Wilkins was unable to make the start as uh, he had something loose uh, on the cart after they tried to rebuild it after King of the Streets. Um, and then Robbie Bedozo was out with, after contact with a barrier with a broken axle or a bent axle. And then a broken axle for Blake Horth uh, about midway through the race. Actually, the axle snapped right near where the uh, the drive gear is on the axle. So that was wow. a, it was a very attrition race. Bedozo actually slowed up to uh, to allow Myers, AJ Myers, who was actually getting on track and racing uh, for the first time on Sunday. So they were able to drive one, two to the finish. Yeah. Korth, Bedozo and Wilkins, of course, DNFs, as you said, third, fourth and fifth in the final tally of the five drivers, but Bedozo with the win. And that wraps things up for the race report. Uh, again, one more break. We get back. David will wrap things up. We'll look at the constructor championship, talk about the brands that actually scored victories. And then we'll cap off this edition of the debrief with the EKN trackside live race calendar. Let you know where we'll be over the next couple of weeks. Stay tuned. We'll wrap things up after this. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S. or the super soft green SS and the intermediate white IZ optional compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, 
for the drivers. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history of motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is power-tested and serialized before it goes in the box. Carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day. Be sure to follow Briggs & Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at RaceBriggs on Instagram. To learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to episode number 100, a mile marker for the EKM Debrief Show. Rock Island Grand Prix happening on Labor Day weekend. David Cole was trackside. We just gave you a class-by-class -class report on the action of this year's event. David, let's wrap things up. What are your thoughts on the 27th running of the Rock Island Grand Prix? Well, one thing I pointed out earlier, there seemed like there were more fans there. So that was a good positive thing uh, with the 2022 Extreme Rock Island Grand Prix. You know, obviously COVID restrictions last year probably kept people away or, or just the fear, again, of being in a, in a big setting like the Rock Island Grand Prix. So it was good. You know, you walk around there were, again, the tents, there was even RVs set up on the outside of turns one and two, you know, fans sitting there in turns three. They had the uh, the inner uh, fan area between the front straightaway and turn four. So that was busy with, uh, you know, the uh, 61 Cartways booth and all the food vendors and, and a little bit more. Again, I think they just, there's just a little bit more they could do around the event itself. Again, not the on-track stuff we're talking about. It's the off-track stuff because there's just, it just seems like it's not the same anymore where they're not bringing in car clubs or, you know, even just schools or, you know, anything, anything yeah. to kind of be there, promote themselves or, you know, promote the area or do something to help bring people down to the Rock Island Grand Prix. So again, just something that, uh, that needs to be looked at over the next 12 months for sure. Uh, obviously a lot of craziness you mentioned from the very get go, we talked about the, the storm that came through with the lightning. You got to probably, I would expect that the, the staff kind of had to dig in to make things happen there. Yeah, they kind of had to rework Sunday's schedule a little bit in the morning. You know, the racers were on board with it. And uh, thankfully, it was only three heat races we had to get done and not, you know, half the events. So uh, thankfully, we we're hoping the rain was going to hold off till the end, but it didn't. But, uh, you know, the staff did a great job, kept things on schedule. Uh, you know, Sunday, we uh, we sat there, you know, we had driver intros and the scheduling was a little off on that. They could have done it in five minutes, but they had it scheduled for 15. And so we kind of sat there for 10 minutes, but uh, they stayed on schedule and uh, did a great job. We made sure, uh, you know, called the red flags when they needed to call the red flags. I do think, though, they need to look at getting some more barriers involved. You know, there was a couple sections that 
looked a little bit sketchy to me and even one driver hitting a, a tree that was uncovered. So again, it's just, they, they got to continue to keep, keep safety in mind. And, yeah. and you know, they more barrier, you can never go wrong with more barriers. The more barriers you have, the better. Agreed. So David, what's the, in the end with the numbers that we saw, what do we do? What do we do to get new people, old people back to the Rock Island Grand Prix? I don't know. I'd really like to hear what people think, you know, you know, especially those who have been at Rock Island and why they're not going back. Mm -hmm. I know scheduling is one of the issues, but is there something that will bring you back? You know, people have talked about, well, we just got to do P picks and race. Well, I don't think that's the answer. I think, I think there needs to be maybe a change in the format. Maybe we run some, one of these, the ideas I'm thinking of, Maybe we run some of these classes on Saturday. So they're a Saturday only category and we put some main events just like seven or eight on Sunday. One, it narrows up the schedule so spectators aren't there for six to seven hours. Yeah. And and kind of amps up these specific categories. Again, you got your King of the Rock categories, you got your your you know, open masters, uh, your certain certain categories that are kind of the main show and put them on Sunday. And then we still, that way you still can kind of get, you know, enough track time and enough racing to, to warrant, you know, the, the, the entry fee that people are paying. And then, and then again, it, the outside part of it needs to improve as well too, in order to make it better all around. I hear you. I hear you. Let's have a look at the, the constructors championship. They have eight different brands scoring race wins. No, you got five different brands. Actually Sorry. Scoring. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Five different brands scoring race wins on the weekend. Yeah, three different brands scored three victories. Again, now we have the Ignite that uh, are their spec chassis, so we don't include those. Yep. Uh, but Magic Kart got three victories along with the Comet Eagle chassis getting three and then Ionic Edge getting three victories, all with the Scott name aboard on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, EOS with two, certainly with uh, Justin Wishard picking up two victories in the 100cc categories on the EOS chassis. And then Coyote, <clears throat> excuse me, picking up one with uh, Ashton Wheeler driving the uh, Travis DeVrent Memorial Cart. Oh, very cool. That's great. See that one get to the front. All right, folks, let's go to the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former cart driver Albino Parallel decided to move his passion from, for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Parallel was born. Parallel USA is North America's source for Parallel products, and we run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2022 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the cadet classes, and the Daytona 4-Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parallel. For more information, head to ParallelUSA.com. All right, this is the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. We've got a number of events coming up here over the next, uh, essentially, month. Uh, We're just a couple of weeks away. David, you're going to wrap things up at Newcastle Motorsports Park, back to the track you go to so many times every year for the USPKS Hoosier State Grand Prix, trying to wrap things up for the United States Pro Kart Series. Or in honesty, this section should have been support, uh, supported by Newcastle Motorsports. It should have been. It should have been. You should have had <laughs> but, comic uh, sales on that one. Yeah, but uh, three, it is. Hold on, Dave. For folks, all three races that we're going to are going to be at Newcastle for the next month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to wrapping up the 10th season of the United States Pro Kart Series and their fourth event of the season 
going back to Newcastle Motorsports Park. Uh, the last time playing on the EKN radio network right now is uh, the 2019 USPKS finale, which was at Newcastle. So that was the last time we had the finale there at the Newcastle, Indiana facility. So again, looking to do round seven and eight on September 16th through the 18th. Yeah, two weeks later, we'll be back there, and David and I will be, uh, we'll be doing a trackside coverage there as well, but it'll be an interesting one because both of us will be driving as well, as will uh, our new editorial assistant, Nate Dean. All three of us will be racing at the Cup Carts North America Grand National 6. Super excited about that one, David. Newcastle once again, but uh, I've had to miss the last couple of Grand Nationals uh, due to conflicts. I'm so excited to be back this year. Yeah, excited to have you back there. Again, you might even be able to get on the mic with Dave Mack. I'm sure he's going to love that because he hasn't seen you in years. Uh, But mainly, it's us getting back behind the wheel. I haven't touched anything since last year's event, so I'm itching and itching. You've had the opportunity to jump in a cart, so that's good for you. You'll be prepped. Your body's getting prepped. Dude, I'm there, dude. I'm down 10 pounds. I'll be be down another 10. That just means you got to put 10 pounds on. (laughs) That's, that's very true. Yeah, just more weight on the go kart, right? Yeah. Well, so, we, we will be we'll be making official announcements coming up soon about what about what carts we're driving because yep. um, yours not a huge surprise. Mine's kind of cool. We'll, we'll, mine, yeah. mine will play out. Mine will play out. Um, but otherwise, uh, yeah, and then we'll have Nate Nate Dean there as well. It'll be it'll, it'll literally be the first time I'll ever have a chance to actually be trackside with Nate at an event, right? I, I I, I want to say you probably have been trackside, but never yeah. actually con- conversing and talking with him as, but, a sta- uh, as a staff member now. Right. Well, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, I've not seen him at the track either, but yeah. thankfully I'll get to see him uh, in, a, in a couple weeks. So that's going to be good. Yeah, at the, who, uh, at the, uh, at the SPKS race. Yeah. I, I, I want to say the last time I actually saw him physically was when he was racing a WKA race back there a couple of years ago. There you go. Uh, and then uh, interestingly, we will actually not be going far. We're, we're we our Airbnb is <laughs> actually for, for, for 12 days because we're staying, at least I'm staying. I know you're going to head back home, but I'm staying in Newcastle area. Uh, because we're back, David, just a couple days later for the Rotex U.S. Trophy Final. That'll be uh, another event that you and I, you and I've got coming up. Looking forward to that one. I'll be on the mic for that event. We're going to start. Uh, we'll be you know getting the drivers locked in for Team USA. Yeah, that's going to be the exciting part. You know, getting <clears throat> team. Well, not just Team USA, but drivers coming from Canada or yep. other countries that could get some of the open tickets that are available. But uh, they'll be they'll be mashing up the East and West points from the Trophy Series programs handing out tickets to those top uh, points earners uh, in each of the categories. And again, just kind of get that old kind of U.S. road tax grand nationals feel to, to, uh, to kind of, yeah, again, that, that event in 2020 that I loved it. It was great. I I missed having that in 2021. I just love that feeling of again, road tax grand final tickets being awarded at the, at the, uh, the U S finals. I just, I just love that feeling. So three straight races at the Newcastle Motorsports Park. Looking forward to being there, of course. Uh, again, this edition of the ECAN Trackside Live Calendar brought to you by Perilin USA. The entire show here by Comet Cart Sales. Our 100th edition of the debrief is done. I cannot believe that we have knocked out 100 of these amazing stuff. Uh, David, thank you so much for, for providing the input. Obviously, a, a good weekend in Rock Island, but uh, it's, you know, it's just it's. We get, we'd love to see it return to what it is, what, what it was at one point, because it has been, for me, one of the great memories I have in my two decades of karting. 
It's it's crazy to think that uh, yeah, I'm actually been on the mic for over a hundred episodes right? again, other shows, and you know, hopefully now after you know a hundred episodes, I sound a little bit better than what I did. You know, <laughs> no, I still have some work to do. <clears throat> again, it's just uh, it's learning my vocal points and and <laughs> and actually saying names correctly. But uh, I'm going to continue to get those wrong <laughs> and have a terrible voice for everybody to hear. No, you're doing fine, David. That's awesome. Uh, we're always trying to get better, folks. All right, that, that wraps things up. Just a little over an hour show there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed our David's insight the Buck Island Grand Prix. And hopefully that... Uh, it's a momentum can be built for the 2023 edition. It would be number, it would be a uh, number 28 of this fantastic race. I hope one day to be able to get back conflict still for me with the uh, road to Indy events on Labor Day weekend at Portland. And I, I'm expecting it'll be the same next year. So David will be trackside once again, maybe we'll see if we can't coax him back behind the wheel one day. Folks, that wraps things up for this edition of the EKN Debrief. Thank you so much for tuning in here on the EKN Radio Network. On behalf of David Cole and Nate Dean, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.